the Gospel of John, chapter 10. <laughs> okay, let me give you the context. We're going to begin the message with verse uh, 22, but let me give you the context. John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. This is all an enormous, John chapters 9 and 10 is one very, very, very large uh, narrative. It starts with the man born blind. Here is this probably teenage fellow, because later on the narrative says he's old enough to, his parents say he's old enough to talk to himself. He's considered a man. Don't just listen to him. Here is this probably teenage, 16, 17-year-old fellow sitting at the side of the street in Jerusalem with a little sign around his neck saying, Born blind, please help, with his tin cup. And he's been sitting there for several years. He's a fixture there at the side of the street there. And... The apostles come by with Jesus, and the apostles, I'm sure he's heard this many, many times. Oh, Lord, who sinned, this fellow or his parents, that he should be born blind? And we don't, this is not in the narrative, but I don't think we have a hard time picturing Jesus going, Neither this fellow nor his parents sinned such that he was born blind. This happened that the works of God might be manifested in his life. And Jesus knelt down, spit in the dirt, made mud, spread it across his, I assume, closed eyes, <laughs> Go to the pool of Siloam. I'm sending you to the pool of Siloam, the pool of scent. That's what Siloam means, scent. And wash your eyes. Now this young man born blind is an expert, we know, of, in two things. Well, he's a real expert in one thing. Uh, he's heard opinions about his being born blind from people walking by for years. He is a world, he knows no one, as he's going to state later, no one who has been born blind has ever been cured. It is absolutely incurable, absolutely incurable. But he's also heard people walking by him talking about this guy, Jesus, who's done many, 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 many signs in the temple. He's done many miracles, and he's heard about this fellow. I think I will do what he says. And so he goes to the pool of Siloam, probably passing several available buckets of water on the way, <laughs> but he goes to where Jesus sends him. He washes his eyes and he receives his sight, something that has never happened in all of human history according to all the street experts. And the people there, when he goes back to where he's typically sat with his tin cup all these years, the people are like, who is this? Is this the young man that was sitting? Oh, it can't be him because he can see. No, it is me. It's me. It's me. 
And they take him to the Pharisees because, well, how did this happen? Well, that fellow Jesus whom I heard about, he put mud on my eyes, and I went and washed my eyes in, in the pool of, of scent, of Siloam. He sent me there. I, sent, I went to the pool of scent. He did it, and it happened. They take him to the Pharisees, and they take him into the synagogue and tell us what happened, and he tells them what happened. And, well, what do you think about him? Well, I think he must be a prophet. And then they, well, you know, there's, this is so impossible. Let's bring his parents in him. This must, he, it would probably be always a fake. From No, we know this is our son. We know he was born blind. Well, what do you think about it? What are we supposed to think about it? We weren't there. Ask him. He's old enough. That's why we believe he's past bar mitzvah. He's a, probably a teenager. And so they bring him back in. Okay, tell us what happened again. Well, this is what he did. This is the outcome. Okay, that can't really... No. (laughs) Why are you asking me again? Do you Pharisees also want to become his disciples? You don't say that to Pharisees. Uh -uh -uh -uh. No, there's no... It doesn't matter how much evidence there is. They're never going to embrace what Jesus says, because Jesus is about mercy. Jesus is about grace. Jesus is about forgiveness. Jesus is about complete restoration based solely upon the energy, the initiative of God. The Pharisees are all about being neat, tidy, religious fellows who will impress, who are super impressive to God because of what they do and don't eat and the way they do and don't dress and the laws that they... No, we don't want the mercy message. We want the law message. And so they, because they can't answer the man born blind, they kick him out of the synagogue because evidence isn't what they're dealing with. They don't want it. Evidence, evidence is our enemy. Even though we ask for it, when it really shows up, they kick him out. Jesus hears about it. Jesus finds him and says, do you believe in the Son of God? Well, who is he, Lord? Remember, he's never seen Jesus. He was blind the last time he encountered Jesus. Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? You have both seen him, and it is he who is speaking with you. And he believed in him, believed in and worshipped him. He went from being, well, he must be a prophet to, do you believe in the Son of God? And yes, and now he's worshipping. He is God himself come in the flesh. That's the path this man born blind followed. That's the path that is laid. And then... Jesus begins to say, maybe pick this up. Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. This is 939. And Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world that those who do not see man born blind may see. And those who see may be made blind. Well, who are the, in their culture, who are the great seers? Who are the ones who say, we get the whole thing? Boy, do we have it together. Yes, sir. The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, the lawyers, 
And how dare you bring into question our standing in this community and our self-declarations. We're the seers. That those who do not see, those who see, in quotes, (laughs) may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Like, oh no, you're not blind. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. This man was blind, but he received sight. You claim to see, but you in fact are blind. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And then Jesus goes on and says in chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. I'm the one who at the stone corral at the village or town where all the flocks are put in for the night and the shepherds take turns being the ones guarding the door. I am the door. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Hirelings flee. But the owner of the flock, the good shepherd, he will put his life on the line and forfeit his own life to defend the flock. And my sheep hear my voice. They come to me. They know they can trust me. We read a few minutes ago Psalm 91. That is an Old Testament declaration of this very truth. If we dwell under the shelter of the Most High, we abide in perfect safety. We abide in perfect safety. And he carries this all the way through to where he says to them, as they're listening to him, therefore my father loves me because, verse 17, I lay down my, because I lay down my life for my sheep, lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me. Remember, when Jesus was arrested, just before he was arrested, he said, Peter, Put down, he just, Peter just cut off the servant of the high priest's ear with his sword. Peter, stop it. And he actually heals the guy. And he says, I can call 10 legions of angels. A legion was 700 soldiers. I can call 10 legions, I can call 7,000 angels, Peter. I don't need your help. I'm giving myself over to these men in order to fulfill my Father's purpose for having sent me. What is Jesus going to do? He's going to be given an illegal trial at the hands of the Jewish leadership. He's going to be brought before Pilate. He's going to be crucified. Why? That he may fulfill what it says in both the Hebrew Scriptures and John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was the Lamb of God nailed to a wooden cross, nailed to a wooden cross, and there he took all the hell, all the lake of fire that the entire human race deserves, 
for an eternity. He took it because of the nature of who he was, God the Son come in the flesh. His, his value in heaven's eyes is more than the value of the entire human race all put together. And he was able in a six-hour span of time to pay sin's penalty for the entire human race. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And all we have to do to receive the benefit is say, hold out an empty hand and say, may I please? May I please have that benefit? And God's uniform answer, because he loves mercy, is yes, 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 yes. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the heir of all things, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But Jesus says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore there was a division among the Jews because of him, because of these sayings. <clears throat> and many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Since when is Satan about delivering people from wickedness, from terrible things? Never happened. What he did was a God act. Now, next episode... Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. <clears throat> then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, the Messiah, tell us plainly. Stop. <laughs> Earlier in the gospel, Jesus healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. A man who had been infirm for 38 years, probably a fixture <laughs> there in Jerusalem. And Jesus healed him. Oh, how dare you on the Sabbath, just like he healed a man born blind on the Sabbath. How dare you? And it says in that passage, when the man, born, when the man at the pool of Bethesda found out it was Jesus that healed him, because Jesus sovereignly healed him, he didn't even know it was Jesus. He turned Jesus in. And so they put, it literally says this in the gospel, that they put Jesus on the hit list because he broke the Sabbath. And then they confronted Jesus with this. <clears throat> and he says, well, yeah. Uh, also, I want you to know, uh, you're, you're offended by that? Let me tell you something else that's going to offend you. Everything that I did, I did, how did I do that healing? I did it in the power of my Father. My unique, and the word there in the Greek text is unique father. He is my father in a unique sense. He's not a, my father like all Israelis can say, because we're Deuteronomy 32. God says, I am your father, speaking to Israel. No, no, no. I mean father in a unique sense. And now they put him on the hit list for a second time, and they pick up stones to stone him. Why are you picking up stones to stone me? What are you, what are you doing that for? Well, because you claim to be God. You just made yourself equal with God. Yeah. Look at the evidence, fellows. I just healed a man who was infirm for 38 years. 
Look at the evidence, look at the evidence, look at the evidence, and they don't want to look at the evidence. And what are they doing here? He's just healed this man born blind. They don't want to look at the evidence. But they accuse Jesus when he said, I am the one sent from the Father. I am uniquely his son. Uh, you Speaking for yourself is not allowed. And this is from the book of Leviticus. If someone is accused, for example, of a crime, their own self-testimony, hey, I'm innocent, that doesn't carry much weight in court, okay? But if they have another witness or two, another two witnesses beside them, okay, you just won your case. And Jesus says, the miracles that are due are the Father's testimony of me. So I'm not witnessing for myself alone. I also have the testimony of my Father. And all of these miracles, they're done in the energizing power given to me by my heavenly Father, the one who is supposed to be your God. And so I do have a co-witness. But here they come to him and say, okay, tell us, are you the Christ, the Son of God or not? Are you the Christ? Are you the Christ? The very thing they attacked him for, they're asking him for. They're all over the place. How do you long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you. I have told you, and you do not believe. I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. I told you, but I also have the, the works of my Father. I've got the double witness. If you do not believe, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep, as I told you, as I said to you. When did he say it? In the previous passage. If you are here and you have come to authentic faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the reason you are here and you've come to faith, authentic faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is there was a time when you were lost out in the wilderness and God said, oh, I see that herald fellow wandering around. in the. I'm going to call him. He's one of mine. My sheep hear my voice. And Harold heard his voice. My sheep hear my voice. In the stacked rock corral at the towns and villages, there would be several, several flocks of several shepherds in that corral. That's where they spent the night. But every morning, their own shepherd owner would come, call them. They knew their shepherd's voice, and only their sheep would come out to that shepherd. We heard at some point in our life, if you've authentically come into the kingdom, it was because the shepherd spoke to you. It's not by accident. It's not but just because you happen to be in the right place at the right. No, the shepherd sought you out and brought you home on his shoulders rejoicing. We are all rescues. We are all rescues. 
My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. How secure are you in your relationship with the everlasting, holy, 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 righteous God? You are not only forgiven of the guilt of your sin if you've authentically come to Christ. You're not only are your sins removed, not only is your slate wiped clean, but the very righteousness of Jesus of whom God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. His righteousness has been attached to our account and we have a glad welcome with the holy God. That's the gospel. That's the good news. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given to me them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You are absolutely secure. If you're in my flock, the shepherd's got you covered. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Actually, it's a true accusation. It is a true. They got it right. Yeah, you got it right. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I love it. (laughs) Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I said, Speaking to the general human population, I, I, God said, you are gods. Hmm. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, folks, that is a I can promise you, when that was first spoken through that prophet, I calling the human race gods, especially the, the Jewish people. What? What? When we were created, this is detailed in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam was created and the Eve from whom, who was taken from his side, made in the image of God. We have a standing in God's creation that no other sentient creature in his creation can claim. Such that God can even say to us, you are God's. Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? 
Psalm 82, verse 6. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified, set apart, and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God? Okay. God says of the entire human race, you are gods. What's the behavior what moral standard has the human race basically achieved? Well, some have done better than others, but the best of us, the best of us, the best of us stinks <laughs> by heaven's standards. Reeks. Ah. Reeks by heaven's standards. And yet God says, you are God's. Here is Jesus. What does God say when, when he came up from being baptized by John the Baptist? John the Baptist's testimony wasn't there. I'm certain some of his disciples, including John the Apostle, they saw the, John said, I saw the Holy Spirit descend from heaven and light upon him in the form of a dove. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know what? God has never spoken from heaven saying, oh, this fellow Mark, I'm really pleased with this guy. No, that hasn't happened. And nobody else has ever heard those words spoken of from heaven about them either, except Jesus. He is the perfect Lamb of God. He was judged, he was tried by the Jewish leadership in an illegal trial, and even though they had coached the witnesses when they brought them out, they couldn't get their testimony to agree. They brought him before Pilate and said, we want you to crucify this guy. Well, it doesn't work that way. What's, what are you accusing him of? He's got to be guilty of something. You just crucify him. That's not how it works. You just crucify him. Basically, he crucified Jesus so that they wouldn't riot. And he washed his, publicly washed his hands of the blood of this just man. Let his blood be on us and on our children, said the Jewish leadership. Leading the crowd. Bad, bad, bad choice. You say to me, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God. Have I not offered you proof? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. There's the evidence. Put your mind and heart around the and arms around the evidence. What does the evidence say? What does the evidence say? What does the evidence say? This whole, that man born blind is what incited this whole thing. Oh, he's a prophet. And he ended, what's the close of the narrative? He worshipped him. If I do not do the works of my Father who do not believe me, but if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. 
he who is later on in John's gospel, he's going to say, he who has seen me has seen the Father. There is no distinction at all between the reality of who my Father is and the reality of who I am. If I, but if I do these things, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to seize him. <laughs> but he escaped out of their hand. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at the first and there he stayed. By the way, in all the Gospels, the closer Jesus gets to Jerusalem, the greater the opposition. The further Jesus gets away from Jerusalem, the, the, the opposition reduces and reduces, and actually the, the welcome increases, increases, increases the further he gets away from Jerusalem. He went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign. But all things that John spoke about this man were true. Oh, he didn't do physical signs of healing, for example. But he said, the one who follows me is Messiah. I am the herald of the Messiah. And this is what it's going to look like when he comes. All that he said, all that John spoke of this man all the things that John spoke about this man were true. They've come to pass. And many believed in him there. There were sheep out there in the wilderness that he went to call. And they came. Ladies and gentlemen, this whole thing about him being the shepherd and we being the sheep should be a great encouragement to us because ultimately the defense and preservation of the sheep is dependent on who? The shepherd. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's you, not me. It's always been you, not me. Thank you that I can walk and understand and dwell in that reality, that security. Again, Psalm 91, <laughs> which we read earlier. Great place to live. These promises, these declarations from Jesus, that's a great place to live. Dwell in this truth. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we want to thank you. That you are the good shepherd. You gave your life for, for us. When you went to the cross, you paid sin's penalty for us. The she good shepherd gave his life for the sheep in order to deliver us from our deserved condemnation into a glad welcome with the Holy Father, with the Holy God. You have called us into that. And we dwell there securely. We ask 
to enable us this week to live in this truth. We prayed earlier for people who are struggling with these very things. We ask that you would renew in their minds or give it to them for the first time this understanding of who you are and that it is all of you. We thank you for that because at that one tiny place where it might be dependent upon us, we would fail utterly. But you have not placed that responsibility on us at all. It's all on your shoulders and you do carry the burden successfully. You brought us home on your shoulders, rejoicing, and we are in your flock, protected and provisioned for. We give you thanks. We ask for each of us in the week to come that you will grant to each of us an opportunity to share this truth about what who you are and what you've done with someone else. We ask this of you, good shepherd Jesus. And all God's people say, I'm going.